just going to go and hang out when my buddies are fighting, but we're fighting spiritually. That We're going to dedicate this Torah to be a Shmirah, to protect the whole Jewish people, especially our Chayalim, and bring back the Chatefin very, very soon. Ezrat Hashem. Amen. All right. So this is the topic of today's class, near-death experiences slash clinical death. And I'd like to start with the following introduction. You're on an airplane, a long El Al flight, and you're sitting next to a young man. His name is, I don't know, Antonio. And Antonio is a nice, friendly, non-Jewish fella. And he sees that you look very learned, you know? He says, you know, we're going to be here for a long time. I got a question for you. Do you guys, do you Jewish people, do you believe there is a soul after we die? There, is there life after death? And you say, absolutely. Of course we do. He says, really? Tell me about that. I want to learn about that. You know, it's something I've always thought about. And so you're a very learned person, right? So you're going to tell the first thing that you might do. Not you, you guys might not do this, but some people might do it. Say, what do you mean? Of course there is a next world. And I'll give you a, a proof. Because it says in the Mishnah, Every Jew has a portion in the next world. Okay? And then he's going to say, only Jews? And then he's going to say, no, no, no. There's another Mishnah in Pirkei Avos. In the Ethics of the Fathers. Mishnah Avos, Dalit, Tetzayin. Rabbi Yaakov Omer. This world is just like an entranceway. Right? It's a tunnel. Coming to the next world. Prepare yourself here, because ultimately we're going there. Right? The introduction to the Masil Yasharim, one of the fundamentals of Jewish thought. This world is just a journey on the way there. And then he's going to say that, well, that, that sounds amazing, but like, Avos, I'm not familiar. You know anything uh, biblical about that? And then you're going to say, actually, well, it's, it's not really so clear in the text. And then you're going to whip out your source sheet. You say, well, there is this verse in Kohelis. In, uh, how do you pronounce it? Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes, yeah. And the verse goes like this, chapter 12, verse 7. Yashava afar al-aretz, kashaya baruach tashuv el elokim asher nitna. That the dust is going to return back to the earth, and the soul, the spirit, is going to return back to God who gave it to you. That's like a pretty clear idea that our soul eventually goes back to God. If you want, you could quote other verses, talk about how it says in Genesis and Racist that God created a soul. So obviously, he breathed the soul into man. And there's other a little allusions here and there to the concept of the next life, to the afterlife um, that you can allude to. And if he's a believing man, he's a good Christian, that might be enough for the discussion, right? But let's say he doesn't believe in Bible, right? He's just a stump, agnostic, atheist, whatever it is. So then, then where are you going to go with this? So then, then what do you tell the guy? Because he doesn't believe in the Bible. So give me something proof. Give me some evidence that this stuff is for real, that this soul, that, that this is not it, this body is just a part of the journey. And that there's more to it than meets the eye. So that's what we're going to do for the next, this class, and actually the next two classes are going to be similar themes. 
but totally different ways of getting there. And today we're going to talk about near-death experiences. And at the end of the class, if we have time, please God, we're going to connect all of these near-death experience stories to Jewish, Kabbalistic, and other sources and showing how amazingly they align so well with uh, modern right, science. Modern standards. Or yeah. parascience or whatever you, whatever you want to call it. So that's the, the plan for today. And uh, I think next class we're going to talk about reincarnations, which is a, a similar but a different topic. We're going to talk about dreams. And that's, that's the... Transmigrations. Trans, trans transmigrations, right? For, there's a lot to talk about in these spiritual matters. So that's the plan. Okay? Sounds good? Yeah. Amazing. Been there, done that. In terms of this year or this ex- no, life? This life. You've been here before. You remember last time? I was a, actually um, a baby that was born dead. I was a blue baby. Oh, wow. And they revived me. Amazing. Yes. Against all odds. Well, oh, you tell Antonio's. Well, actually, there's this book by Raymond Moody, written in the 70s, famous psychologist, psychiatrist. And Raymond Moody took hundreds of cases of near-death experiences, of clinical death, of people who it seemed like were dead. Now, let's define our terms. It means they had no breath, they had no pulse, they had no visible brain waves. And so it, in most cases, that, that's it. But somehow, miraculously, slash with the help of modern science, we were able to revive these people and they had certain experiences when they went up to the heavenly realms. And it's a, it's a lot of, it's surprising, maybe not for you guys so much, but to a lot of people, when I give this year over, that one in every 200 people you meet has had this type of experience, which is a lot. Over 13 million Americans claim to have had these types of similar experiences. It's not once in a blue moon. It's a lot of people who seem to have had these types of amazing experiences. A whole small town, at least. Yeah, yeah. And that's an element that these people share. Each person has a unique story, very different based on their life experiences and, and who they are and their neshama. But there are still so many common differences, uh, commonalities, that it's makes a strong case that there's something real to this. It, 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 there, there must be something to this. So let's go through some. Don't worry about the source sheets just yet. That's more for the end of this year, the Jewish sources. The only thing for the source sheet, if you want to look at the picture of some of the characters that I'm mentioning, so that's Raymond Moody. Okay, Life After Death, Life After Life. Elizabeth Very good. You know, you know your oh, stuff. Yeah. Okay, so I picked the right crowd, and we'll talk about the third guy a lot at the end. Okay, so, um, so let's go some, through some of the commonalities, and you'll tell me if this is stuff you guys experienced. Okay, so first of all, when they go through these experiences, they feel themselves lift out of their bodies. So they're more than their bodies. Very often, they see down and actually can see the people working on them in the hospital during these emergency situations. Then, very often, they feel very light. They feel a kind of bliss, uh, a, a, an unbelievable joy, a serenity, a, a lightness. 
And very often they see light. They come towards some sort of living, loving entity. And often in some sort of way they communicate with this living, loving light. Very often there is a tunnel, okay, on your way to the next realm. And then very often their whole life flashes before them. Where they actually exactly. and that's exactly to the end. Voila. Yeah. Amazing. So not, not making it up. That's exactly what what's your name? Hana. What what Hana experienced. Just like men not of course not everyone experienced all of that, but that's like the classic boom 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 of um of an, quickly. But you, you have the segments you can you know see I'm curious did who you, you were? do you remember seeing like even as like a little baby? As a baby. Voila. I did. I saw myself actually as you know, almost an embryo. Wow. And then forward. Okay. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So it's uh, pretty special. Pretty special. Well, you... Experiencing these amazing things, including the la after going out of it, just being a different person, a changed person, not being fearful of death um, and wanting to maximize this world, having different orientation towards God and spirituality. Um, and almost everyone who has experienced these things comes out a different person. Now, what I want to do now is basically share a few stories, okay? Throw in as many as I can. And I think each one of these stories buttresses the case for near-death experiences, but also uh, each one has what to uh, teach us, okay? So a, a skeptic might say, hey, all of these stories, they're very nice, but they're happening in people's brains. How do we know there's any truth to it? How do we know it's not just in their life experience? So I think there is some hard, uh, hard proof, one could say, to this. And that is the fact that very often people actually could see things that they had no way of knowing when they were in that heavenly realm. So I'll give you an example. Uh, this nice lady, what's her name again? Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. 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 Did a lot of research. She herself was a skeptic very scientific. She didn't believe in this stuff. She learned more and more and more until after reading the hard facts, she said, you know what? This is true. This is real. And she herself talks about stories of blind people who went up to the heavenly realms. Now, in many of these cases, they lost their disabilities. And this blind person can now see. And he identified the color of the nurse's uh, jewelry. And when they came back to the world, now, how could that blind person see that in the next world if this is all just a person's uh, subjective experience? How does that make any sense? Another story that is brought, this, there was a woman, uh, and, and she goes up to the heavenly realms. She saw her sister in another room screaming, Katie, Katie, um, please survive. She, when she survived, she went to her sister and said, oh, I saw you were, you were praying for me. Thank you so much. How did you know exactly that I was saying that if this is just a subjective experience? Another story. And this one was in the New York Times. There was a woman who, uh, her, her, her name was Mary, and she was a nurse. And this woman had a, a clinical death. So she ran down because she didn't have the drugs that were necessary. She went to the elevator. The elevator was like busy. So she ran down all the stairs. 
She runs to the pharmacist. She calls the name of the pharmacist. Quick, give me this drug. They throw her the drug. She runs up. She gives the woman the drugs, and she saves her life. When the woman woke up out of her coma, out of her situation, she thanked the woman and recounted exactly what happened. Thank you for running down the stairs, and you said this and that and that, and it's all documented. And she knew all of these details. Again, Mr. Poor Antonio, I don't know why I made him a skeptic, but how would an honest skeptic explain these types of experiences, which are relatively common, if this was just a subjective, uh, made-up experience in someone's brain? So I think, uh, and we're going to see in the Sharon Akshoni story a similar type of thing, that how could he have known that? I think that's a strong, important point to, to explain that, ha- that, that there must be something to these near-death experiences. Okay, um, one of the near, a near-death experience, which is uh, relatively famous, but I've heard this story all over the place. Some of the details changed, but I, I find it to be an inspiring story, so I'll share it, especially during this uh, wartime. Um, there was a woman, she was driving from Gush Etzion a few years ago, and uh, unfortunately she saw there was a car accident, and there was a plastic sheet over the woman who had uh, passed away tragically, a young woman. And she felt so terrible. She couldn't just keep driving. She pulled over and she just started saying to Hillen in honor of this uh, woman. And then she drove home. A week later, she gets a call. And she says, are you so-and-so? Yes. Oh, I'm the girl who is on the side of the road. So this uh Etzion lady is like, but, but you're alive? She says, yes, actually, someone came and resuscitated me. I'm alive. How did you get my number? Well... I saw that you were saying Tehillim, my soul was going to the heavenly realms, and your Tehillim, your Psalms brought my soul down to the earthly realms. I saw the, the, the license plate, I tracked you down, and I wanted to say thank you so much. Um, and the, the girl who was on the side of the road became a Balat Chuba and tells her story throughout Israel. And this is a true story, uh, unbelievable story. Um, that, first of all, shows how could she have known that if this was just an imagination, but for our purposes, maybe even more importantly, the power of Tehillim. The power that I can say one day Tehillim and it's going up to the heavenly realms and who knows how many soldiers I'm saving. You know, it's it's an unbelievable chizuk for me when I heard that story. It just really made, uh, brought tears to my eyes. Um, now that I mentioned it, I mentioned another story in that realm. Uh, a few years back, there was, uh, someone gets a call and it, 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 he was invited to a party. So what Jew's not going to come to a, a party? So he comes to the party, and he sees around the table 15 people that he's never met before. They're all having l'chaim, having a good time. And they're just curious, like, why are we all here? What do we have to do with one another? So the Balabais comes in and says, let me explain. I was in a coma. I, I had a serious case of corona, and I, I basically was knocked out. And I went to the heavenly realms, and I saw... You and you and you and you saying to Hillim and bringing my soul back to this world. And so I tracked down every single one of you. And that's, that's, that's why you're all here, because you saved my life. And one of the guys there said, for, he, he, he said the name. He didn't even know who he was. He said, I don't know if it was one or two capital to Hillim. That was it. Two to Hillim. It took him two minutes. And, 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 that, and he helped save this person's life. So, you know... You never know the power of one word of Torah, of one Tehillim. So, uh, 
powerful stories, um, but also near-death experiences. So thought I could squeeze it in, uh, squeeze it into this uh, into this story. A few more, a uh, few more stories on a related note. So I talked about how it seems as though a person's life experience will have uh, an effect on what they see in the heavenly realms. Okay. So uh, first, if someone's born Christian, they're probably going to imagine things in the heavenly realms in a more Christian way of looking at things. Not always, but, but often. Um, Muslim, Buddhist, but um, Jewish too. So there was, uh, I was listening to a woman who's an expert in this, talk about near-death experiences, and she met a boy. He was just 13. And he, he didn't grow up in a, you know, Shmir Shabbos type of house. But there, he just leaned for his bar mitzvah. So he had a near-death experience. He went to the heavenly realms. And he saw himself reading the entire Torah, from the beginning of the Torah to the end of the Torah, to the Nekal Yisrael. And then he woke up uh, back to his mission in life. So that, I thought that was just an interesting example. It seems like that's, that was his perception of what Judaism was. That's part of his mission. And so that was his experience of, uh, of what the heavenly realms were like, which was, uh, which was fascinating to me. Um, 